Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Come up with he and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. I woke up to the morning sky first. Oh yes, sir, and yes, ma'am. You had better. Well, get them up, get them going. It is Wednesday on Hook 'Em Up with E and Rod P. That is right. Get you up over the hump. Starting looking forward to a. Great sports weekend that could include and may include an all-Texas American League Championship Series. Now went away from that tremendous opportunity for baseball. We've also got uh, Longhorns in their bye week, but plenty of college football to look forward to. 50 days of football continued last night. NFL Week 6 will kick off tomorrow night in Kansas City. Start to preview the National Football League games as well. And we'll get you uh, through the bye week. That's right. A lot of Longhorn chatter, college football, pro football, and the Major League Baseball taking center stage. Also a lifetime Longhorn currently battling for her life right now. We'll tell you about that coming up. And uh, Rod will get us behind the burnt orange curtain, some Rod's rants, and uh, some facts of the day before the end of this first hour of our five-hour conversation every single morning, five days a week. It is Austin's only local morning sports conversation. It's right here on Hook 'Em Up, and we appreciate you finding us and being there uh, however you do. Could be on 1019 FM, could be AM 1260, and of course, always streaming for you digitally. Those digital numbers continue to rise, and we appreciate you finding the Horn app. Download it to your smartphone and listen to us wherever you are with the touch of a button. You can also watch the show on our website and listen on our website at hornfm.com and on our Twitch channel. And always subscribe to encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel at The Horn Austin. You can watch the proceedings there as well. And look who it is across the desk. As always, four miles in this morning, probably changed the baby's diapers, and uh, he is here with us, uh, locking down his side of a five-hour program. He is from the uh, 713 and DB High, also the 512 and DBU. Four stops in the National Football League now, 15 years doing great radio as the Laxtradamus, the football theorist. He is our man, Rod Babers. RB, how are you? I'm doing great. I appreciate the uh, the intro, as always, brother. And, uh, man, it is... uh I got hump day and a great one, too, by the way, because um, congratulations to the Rangers. Even as an Astros fan, I can say it. Congrats. Congrats, man. We're Fantastic, all about to baby. get. We're about to get. No, I don't want close. to jinx it. Don't we're do about it. to get the, uh, the, mm-hmm. the series we've been anticipating and hoping for all year long when greatest. these two battled for the AL West to the final day. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, greatest year in the history. We are, we are in the midst of the greatest year in the history of the rivalry. Yes. Between the, oh. the Astros and the Rangers. Well, right when now. the Astros moved from the National League to the American League, Rod, we, we always wondered what would it be like if the uh, two teams hooked up in a big playoff series. Well, we're uh, one Astros victory away. The Rangers have done their part in a dominating way. Uh, so we'll preview that. We'll hear from Bruce Bochy coming up. Also, look at the Astros matchup tonight. But, Rod, uh, yeah. thanks to those who serve us this morning. And As always, morning. yes, we do. Uh, well, thanks to those who serve. We know it is an honor and also a burden for those who serve. But we appreciate each and every one of you in any capacity that you do it, God, country, and community. Uh, we know that our society built on the selflessness of service. So we appreciate each and every one of you, the teachers, the nurses, the uh, first responders, the soldiers, uh, the, uh, the the cops, uh, the uh, all of those folks who serve. We can't name everybody because there's so many of you, but we appreciate each and every one. 
Absolutely. Also keeping our eyes around the world and uh, what uh, might be firing up for our, our men and ser- men and women in service. Um, Amen to with, that, um, yeah. The world seems to be on fire right now. So uh, we're crossing our fingers and praying for a lot of folks to... Uh, to, to get through this as we and, yep. and good leadership as well as we crank this thing up. But uh, lots to do. We talk sports. Let's get to the headlines, trending topics. Make sure you're fully aware, as we always like to do, as you get up and out on this Wednesday morning. Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment bring you the top headlines, including Major League Baseball. We're now, as we said, a win away from that All-Texas American League Championship Series after the Astros and Rangers both pounded their way to dominant wins yesterday and last night in Arlington. Rangers completed a three-game sweep of Baltimore in the L Divisional Series with a 7-1 win. Corey Seager, Adoles Garcia, Nathaniel Lowe all homered to back their race Nathan and Eovaldi, who allowed just a single run and punched out seven over seven clutch frames. Rangers improved to 5-0 this postseason. They've outscored the 99-win Rays and the 101-win Orioles 32-12. They're headed to the ALCS for the first time since 2011 for manager Bruce Bochy. Uh, it's, it's unreal. This is why I came back for hoping something like this would happen. I know how blessed I am to be in this situation. And these guys have been warriors, road warriors. I mean, we've been through a lot. And to be right now, I mean, there's work to be done still. Well, I mean, what, what, what kind of baseball they've been playing has just been awesome. Houston Astros, meanwhile, now just a win away from playing in their seventh consecutive ALCS and setting up that all-Lone Star Championship Series. They rolled past the Twins yesterday in Minneapolis, 9-1. to Jose Abreu crushed a three-run bomb as part of a four-run first inning for Houston. That really cut the drama. Yoran Alvarez hit another home run. That's four in three games. They backed that back stellar pitching from Christian Javier and four relievers. Depending world champs can close out that series in game four tonight. Jose Urquidy will get the ball for Houston facing Joe Ryan. Also tonight, both National League Division Series resume. Uh, this afternoon, just after 4 o'clock, the Phillies welcome the Braves into what will be a raucous Philadelphia for a three game three of that series. It's not at a game each. In Phoenix tonight, the Arizona Diamondbacks look to finish off a sweep of the L.A. Dodgers. They took games one and two in L.A. NFL after getting demolished by the 49ers in primetime last Sunday night. The now reeling Cowboys must turn their attention quickly to another primetime matchup this Monday night when they travel to L.A. to face the Chargers on his weekly radio visit on 105.3 The Fan yesterday in Dallas. Cowboys owner and general manager Jerry Jones made it clear that despite Dak Prescott and the team's poor performance last week, he has full belief in his franchise quarterback. Uh, Dak Prescott is a quarterback that can get us to the Super Bowl. That, that's the way that's going to be. There you go. Unequivocal. Chargers, meanwhile, will be coming off their bye week, and it appears they'll be getting their all-pro running back, Austin Eckler, back into their lineup. The dynamic runner and pass catcher was a full participant in practice yesterday. He's been out since suffering an ankle injury in week one in a loss to the Dolphins. Trading the NFL, the LA Rams have agreed to move wide receiver Van Jefferson to the Atlanta Falcons in a draft pick swap. And finally, many prayers for the Olympic gold medalist and lifetime Longhorn Mary Lou Retton, who, according to her daughter, is fighting for her life battling a rare form of pneumonia. In a post to social media yesterday, McKenna Kelly revealed that her mother has been in ICU for over a week now, and the 55-year-old is not able to breathe on her own. Retton battles to save, stay alive. Kelly also asked for financial support for her mother, who she says is currently without insurance. Horn Headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Halloween here is scarier than an OU cheerleader without makeup. But nothing scarier than missing out on employee pricing on all our zero-turn mowers this month. Top Gun. TopGun.net will shoot you straight. Rangers end up being the first team in Major League Baseball history to sweep. Broke the brooms out on two teams with a combined 200 regular season wins in a single postseason. Never happened before. Never happened before. They are right now. They are they are wrecking ball. <laughs> uh, they are. They're just they're just playing some of their best baseball of the season. So I'm sure Rangers fans are excited. Um, and yeah, well, we're not yeah. going to jinx the the all the all Texas ALCS, but um. 
I'm confident. You can smell it. Well, I'm confident. Yeah, well, you can smell it. You know, Bruce Bochy is the uh, Rangers. Man, that's a hell of a hire. Mr. Was... October. I mean, he's, uh, yeah. you know, his, his teams just win. They just win. Uh, especially in odd, uh, I believe if John, the Giants fans will remind me, I believe it's in the odd years, right? When in when he was in San Francisco, they won it the was. World Series in every odd year yeah, it was a, uh, yeah. over a six-year period. And now here we're in an, an odd year, 2023. Mm. He so likes the odds. They like the odds. <laughs> well, and the Astros are battling to do something that's never been done before, seven consecutive Final Fours, essentially. And if you get to the LCS, you're in the Final Four of, of Major League Baseball, which is I mean, it's just amazing. I know the cheating scandal and all that, but, man, seven years of – you know, being one of the four best teams in all of baseball, and and still trying to get to another trip to the World Series and defend their crown. Yeah, uh, they have Mr. October, this Jordan Alvarez fella, who's just uh, I don't know what you do with Jordan Alvarez uh, when he gets going. Uh, I was texting with our friend Ty Harrington, uh, the manager, and we were talking about it. He 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 looks like Godzilla in the box, Rod. I mean, he's just big monster guy. Yet he's his bat control, his his bat to ball ability. Um, it's it's like Ichiro or Tony Gwynn or one of these guys. He's like a, a you know one of these great hitters, but he's six five and two forty. Uh, it's pretty mm. amazing when he gets going. Uh, yeah. what, what you just can't get him out. I mean, he hits anything uh, hard, and he's he's in a, he's in a tree right now for the Astros, which is a good thing. Jose Altuve, Jose Abreu getting it going. So yeah, if the Astros can get there, get one more win and two tries, either today or in Game mm-hmm. Five back in Houston, I'd like to go ahead and close it out tonight if you can. You've got the momentum, and you staggered the Twins last night with that victory. Um, you know the the ALCS would start Sunday night, Rod. It'll start Sunday night regardless, whoever's in it. Mm. Sunday night Ooh. is when this will start, and uh, Rangers now have extra rest. They're going to be able to sit. It's now just Wednesday morning. Uh, they'll be able to get Nathan Ivaldi, who pitched great last night. He'll be fresh for Game One in the start. They're also hoping, I believe, Max Scherzer, their uh, injured right-hander, is going to make a simulated start today, Rod, which means mm-hmm. they hope to get him back for what could be a hey. classic of a seven-game series with the Astros. Yeah, and uh, and they're making that they're, they're hitting. You know, they're, they're having clutch hits too. Oh man, got twenty-three extra base hits so far this postseason. 23. Only two teams have had more through the first five games of a single postseason. So they are just racking them up. So I'll, I'll give the Rangers credit. And uh, as we talked about, Bruce Bochy, he is on his way to potentially making history too. Seventh manager to reach the LCS with three-plus different franchises. Yeah, he's with the Padres too. Yeah, uh-huh. but nobody's won. I don't think they've won the one in LCS with three different franchises. They've just been there. So he can actually make history. Well, props to the Rangers. First time they've been there in 12 years or 13 years now. 2011, their last trip in, and uh, been been some down years, no doubt. And you know, it, it did feel like this team had a, had a heck of a roster when they left training camp. I know, you know, covering that team and seeing them come out of out of Surprise, Arizona, where they had a lot of pieces. And uh, Bruce Bochy was the right hire and the right guy at the right time. Mm-hmm. You know, but previous to that, two things happened for the Rangers. Um, they they moved on from John Daniels, their general manager, and John had earned, I think, the right to hang after he got them to the World Series in 2011 and helped build that roster. But it really had grown stale. He kept he kept bringing in these first first time managers and really relied on analytics big time, which a lot of teams do, a lot of managers do, and mm-hmm. general managers. Uh, Chris Young, Chris Young, a former player, the big tall right hander, was was inserted as the general manager. They they moved on from John Daniels. Thought that was a great move, and it's been great for the team. And then the ownership. Dig, dig, dug, dig, dug deep, man. I mean, uh, they spent they spent huge amounts of money on Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon, which have paid massive dividends. And then last offseason, they went out and spent mm-hmm. on pitching for, you know, Nathan Eovaldi, who pitched great last night. Of course, it didn't work out with Jacob Degrom. 
Uh, he's been injured all year long, but uh, the investment in pitching, they essentially went out and traded for or signed mm-hmm. an entire starting staff. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that. Resigning uh, Martin Perez and going to get Andrew Heaney. Um, then at the trade deadline, the move for Max Scherzer and the move for uh, Jordan Montgomery have been great. Uh, they've been all in this whole year, and to see it rewarded is a good thing because uh, that the ownership has invested a lot of cash into uh, getting this this opportunity, and now they have it. That's exciting. Yeah, and the, the fans in that in that stadium last night seemed very appreciative of that. And it reminded well, me a lot of the the environment of Philly that we saw last year and, and starting to see this year too. Well, and plenty of uh, creed, baby, yeah. creed last night. <laughs> a lot of pride to that was awesome. thing. That bit, they committed uh, well, to the bit. You got to commit to the bit. They did. And when Seager hit the first inning home run, I don't know if that place has ever been as loud. Remember. The L.A. Dodgers won a World Series in that building back during COVID. Mm. So there's been a World Series crowned in that building. The Rangers would like to, to have one of their own uh, as they're now finally in the playoffs for the first time since that building, the uh, Globe Life Field, has been in existence. And now they're uh, hoping. Uh, I mean, I'm assuming the Rangers would just as soon see the Twins. And hope the Twins come back and win that series. No. no. Um, well, none of the fans don't. Well, I know they no, don't, but I'm saying I don't. I wanna, we, I, we all want to see. Yeah. Do you not hear the, the fans Twins, chanting, cool. we want Houston? Do, do, they, do they really, though? They have yeah. signs. Yeah, I want Houston. They have signs on. already made up, ready okay. to go. Okay. We're well, ready. That would not be wise. I think they do. They want revenge. They were embarrassed in the last series. Your, your odds of getting to the World Series are much better if you play the Twins and the Astros. Nah, man. It's sweet. Uh, it's sweeter to take out your right. It's just like Texas. you got to go through OU again. All right? It's okay. the whole point of the Big 12 title game. You want to go through your rival, even though it's going to be tough. You don't want West Virginia to upset Oklahoma. Did you really want that? Someone will say, I want to see uh, Oklahoma lose twice. No, you don't. You want to see Oklahoma again undefeated. It's like the number two or three team in the country, and you want to take them down, catapult yourself to the college football playoff. That's what the Rangers want. Take out the Astros. Take out the big dog. Take out your rival, who everybody thinks is better than you. Take out big brother, and then boom, on your way to the World Series. Which Didn't you say, Ty, they have the best odds? Uh, it, it did shift. It shifted. Okay. All right. Uh, I don't know what bit. it is this morning. I'll look. But last night, the Astros were favored before the Rangers won. Yeah. So I'll, I'll take a look this morning. Let you know. And I will say that I'm just maybe too pragmatic. I want the... If it gets me to the college football playoff, or... you want Neil Brown to pull the What What happens if West Virginia does beat Oklahoma and all three teams have one loss? He's got tiebreakers tie and breaker. stuff. And then, yeah, go to, it, the third tiebreaker gets very complicated. Will be, Craig Way's got to bring it down for it'll, them. It'll be, sure. your, it'll be the record against the next highest rated team in the conference. <sighs> Yeah, we don't. Want uh, best record in the conference. Uh, it'll it'll dig deep because it's a fourteen yeah. team league now, and not everybody plays everybody. And turns Listen, out this is a year not to play West Virginia, I guess. Or I think Long would just soon play them and and handle their business, but they don't they don't have that opportunity. No, you get to watch West. Uh, you get to um, watch a lot of uh, Big Twelve football though this week, so you can watch. Yeah, West Virginia, well, Houston. I haven't on had a chance to, Yeah, I haven't had a chance to watch West Virginia, so I'm going to actually check out West Virginia. Let me go look. And see if what's what's the like, what's the secret sauce? Defense, their defense <laughs> has yeah, been defense. key. They had good defense before, though. West Virginia's had good defense before. Don't act like they ain't had no good defense. So, like, what is it? Just because Neil Brown's job is on the line, they all know it. And like, man, listen, you lose. Neil Brown may be fired on the tarmac. Well, and they're just kind of this outlier team right now. In Texas, we know what they are. They've proven they're a pretty good team, pretty damn good team with wins over Alabama and Kansas, and uh, obviously they they shot themselves in the foot against Oklahoma, but Oklahoma. Now is sitting in the top five in the country, and they yeah. are the number one scoring in offense and scoring defense in the Big Twelve through and they five got games. Their legit resume win, which is over Texas. That's right. They they <laughs> earned that. Yeah. You can't take that Alabama win away from Texas now, and they own that. So mm-hmm. you know, collision course to the cut to the playoff. West Virginia becomes this team to keep what, an eye on. What's their best win? Do you know? West uh, TCU at TCU. Listen. If that's a great, I mean, I'm just saying that. Yeah, be, yeah you just said that that's their best win. You're that's not saying their best win. I mean, that's yeah. 
I mean, they, they, they played Penn State to start the season. Penn State, uh, Penn State won that game handily. I think it was 37 to you yeah. know, 12 or Penn something Penn State's like a good that. team, top 10 team. They are. Uh, and then they've, they've rolled off four straight wins kind of quietly, and then they had a bye week, so they didn't play. But you'll see on Thursday night at Houston, the Longhorns' next opponents. Yes, That'll be at eight, so it's good. <laughs> yeah, two birds at, one stone. Down at Houston. And for Houston, they're coming off their bye week, too, and they're going to get to So they had extra time to get ready for this game Thursday night. Then they'll have uh, another 10 days to get ready for Texas the following Saturday down at uh, – See if I can get this right. TDECU Stadium. Uh, okay. A little bit too long. We need a name. We need a, name. we need a nickname, Houston. When it's time to prep, yeah, it's time to prep. I'll get that. Right. Yeah, we need a, we need a nickname for that stadium. The TDECU. I'm sure they got one. I'm sure the H Town Cougar Den. Cougar Den something. Let's go Cougar Den. Well, I'm going Cougar Den. That's not what I call the Cougar Den. Ooh. Hey now. Dang, Rod. Boom. It's like what is that? H E B. Hey, now there you go. I like that. Uh, so the wins for West Virginia are yeah. Duquesne, the Westlake one. Duquesne, the, the, the best win. Well, here, here, here's West Virginia's schedule. They beat, they lost to Penn State, thirty-eight, fifteen. Beat the Dukes of Duquesne. Beat Pittsburgh. Pitt, Pitt program. Panthers held them to six points. Beat Texas Tech, twenty to thirteen. That's the game in which Tyler Shuck, their quarterback for Texas Tech, broke his leg. And then they beat TCU and Fort Worth in their last contest, twenty-four okay. twenty-one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's really impressive because I think a lot of people thought they would be a cellar dweller in the Big Twelve. Like they were, I think they were. I don't know what they were picked preseason, but they were definitely picked one of like the bottom three teams yeah. uh, by the media. There's always a surprise team in the Big Twelve. Happens every year. Um, TCU, TCU last year. Yeah, yeah, it happens every year. It's a surprise team. The year before, exactly. Um, but I will say this: I know it's hard for Longhorn fans, though. But truth is, you do need to be rooting for Oklahoma to win out, and you need to take obviously Longhorns take care of business and win out, but. Basically, that if if Oklahoma wins out and you win out and you end up because they face West Virginia, so they can knock West Virginia out of the whole thing. Well, well, yeah, basically, I mean, there will end up being something between Texas, but if Texas takes care business. They're okay, um, but that game, the Big Twelve title game, would be essentially a de facto college football playoff game. It would catapult the winner, yeah, into agreed. the college football playoff like automatically. It would just be the winner would go. And that's that's why you want to root for that situation. Otherwise, you'll have to have you know other factors play a role, and you know you need other forces to be at work and help you. No, no, no. You just root for Oklahoma to win out, and then you need Texas to take care of business. You beat them, you go to the college football playoff. That's the best case scenario. No longer fans don't like it. You got to beat the best to be the best. Pretty much. Yeah, and you know you can beat Oklahoma. They just beat you on that day. Yeah. They're a better team on that day. Hey, look, it's good for eyeballs. If I'm the Ranger fan now, I want to see the Twins and the Diamondbacks on the way to the World Series. I don't need any Braves. You know, I don't need any Astros. <laughs> I'm just trying to win. You're trying to see West Virginia. Hey, well, those the, rings are nice. No ratings at all. Nobody watching that game. Oh, Texas pounds West Virginia into the oh, <laughs> into yeah. submission. An update on the World Series odds. Uh, Atlanta Braves plus 270. Houston Astros plus 310. And Texas Rangers plus 330. It's very okay. even between those three. Uh, but you know, that's why I'm saying, give me the Twins and give me the, give me the Snakes, man. I'm trying to get to the World Series, uh, win the World Series, be world champs. Um, that's true. Not, not like those teams wouldn't have earned it if the Twins come back and win two straight. I mean, yeah, that would, but, they'd be a really good team. Uh, but no, I want Houston, Texas. I mean, that would obviously just be a thrilling couple of weeks of baseball, yeah, however it goes. Would you try to go to a game? Oh, that's good. Me? No, uh, I don't think so. Not with this current job that I have, and the fact that I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a weirdo, man. I like I like sitting in my man cave and watching the games. That's how I like to watch the Astros. And so do I. That's not that's not a weirdo thing. I don't need to be. I mean, I like going, but it's you got to drive down there and you got to find tickets, and then I don't no. I, I don't know. I, I like the intensity of that game just to be. I kind of like my yeah my 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 
I like my couch, I guess, is the way to put it, my big screen, and I can watch mm. the game and uh, be intense with it. But uh, Texas and Houston would be great. Houston obviously dominated the regular season series, but Rangers are playing great right now. Can't mm. wait if that can happen. But, again, yeah. let's not jinx this. Astros got to get a win. And they, they, need, get a win. they need Jose Urquidy to go yeah. to the mound tonight and throw a gem, and uh, they need – Jordan Alvarez continue to bat 500 yeah. in this postseason so far. Um, and, and if you're an Astros fan, you're kind of rooting for Texas to cool off a little bit in this little hiatus that they're about to get for the yeah. next five days because uh, they're a streaky team and they're on a they're yeah. on a heater. Right hey, hey uh, we'll go behind the burnt orange curtain with Rod coming up, talk some Texas football. It is the bye week. We'll get the latest. Also, we'll let you know Arch Manning was center stage yesterday, the Longhorns' third-string quarterback. Uh, this was a, a cool story down at um, – down locally, we'll get you details on that. Also, want to give you this. This was Jerry Jones yesterday on 105.3 The Fan Rod. Uh, you heard a piece of it in the headlines, mm-hmm. but let's hear a, a conversation he had with the Cowboys' flagship radio station. Everyone trying to figure out what the heck just happened when they got steamrolled by the 49ers on Sunday. Here was a, a bit of that conversation yesterday with the Cowboys' owner. You know, in, in the past few years, you've changed out Leo Linehan and, and Kellen. And Coach Garrett, all these changes and, and 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 the results are still the same. Why are you so convinced that the quarterback is the guy? No, the results are very obvious. We haven't won a Super Bowl. Uh, we've had good. Would you agree that we've had good games over yes, the years? Absolutely. Okay, and we've had some bad games. Do you know any team that hasn't had that happen to? Them? Consequently, I will say that we haven't gotten our big years when we should have. We've been real close a few times and haven't gotten our big years. But if you think for one minute that there's any particular thing that I could put my finger on that basically says we need to do that differently, we need to do that differently, uh, then it's combinations of things. Uh, Dak Prescott is a quarterback that can get us to the Super Bowl. That's the way that's going to be. Unequivocal there, Rod. Hmm. Um, I wonder if it's the is this the Costanza, you know, uh, mentality where it's not a lie if you believe it. <laughs> well, that's is, it's, is it that or is Jerry just you know just throwing out just just random BS well, I and do trying think... to control the narrative with Dak a little bit because right now it's a lot of negative Dak. No, he believes all that. You think I, I, I believe George he believes Costanza that. It's not a lie if he believes it. Okay, well. Yeah. I believe he believes it. But and he has everyone around him telling him that. Like, that Dak is the guy? Yeah. Okay. Well, because to please him. To please but they Daddy. did change the offense to make it Dak friendly, which you could say Dak friendly, but that's a spin. Essentially, it means, hey, Dak, we think Dak is a little bit limited and we're asking him to do too much within the offense. We need to ask him to do less. That's basically what Dak friendly means, right? Yes. And it he, does. they know that. So does Jerry not know that? Uh, Jerry should know that, but I would also say this, and I, I you know, there, there's really no way to use this on a radio show, but uh, I'll tweet this out. Um, but I was watching yesterday, Kurt Warner, Kurt Warner, the Super Bowl winning co- uh, quarterback. Mm-hmm. He was doing a kind of like you do, Rod, with the behind the burn orange curtain, the deep dive breakdown, and he was pointing out just obvious things that they do poorly, the details of route running for the receivers. Yeah, uh, he, he was trying to defend Dak and saying, "Look, guys, it, it, there's a lot going on here." You know the the, the he showed one of the interceptions Dak threw where the receivers are running. You know, One of them should run a shorter route and the other one longer. Just the little quarterback details that a guy like Kurt Warner would know more than anybody. Mm-hmm. And I'm watching that going, how does Jerry Jones and Mike McCarthy not know this? How do they not? This is, seems like basic remedial you know, high school stuff about the routes you run and how you create separation, uh, how you force the defense to to give their tell to help your quarterback. Uh, and, and this was professional football on a Sunday night. 
uh, playing a really good team. How you know? So it, it's not. I agree. It's not just Dak, and I would agree with Kurt Warner. And if you watch the assessment, I'll retweet it from my Twitter or my X account. Uh, but Rod, you know, it's 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 about the details. It's yeah. about you know proper you know depth on your on your routes and and running the route the right way mm-hmm. to create what you're looking for against certain defense. And it was pretty clear if you watched the Kurt Warner piece, it was about six minutes long. Cowboys aren't doing it. No, they are not. This offseason, what they uh, got into in terms of detail-oriented technique and fundamentals, they wanted to align Dak's footwork with the depth of and the where the routes break, right? In terms of the depth and the route combination, they want to align his footwork with that. So the the quick uh, the quick game and with the three step and the, with the wide receivers understanding that when the quarterback gets to this certain step, the ball needs to be out, which means you need to be either out of your break or get ready to be out of your break in terms of t- aligning the depth of the routes with the footwork of the quarterback. And apparently, that's something that they weren't uh, necessarily prioritizing prior to last season. That's part of the Tex Coast offense because that is a West Coast principle. So you're right. They are they're just starting to get into some of the what what people call kind of the rudimentary elements of the passing game, which I don't understand with you. I don't know how, how that hasn't been a part of just the basic uh conceptual teachings <laughs> and yeah. tutorials of the offense. Based, I'm talking about from training camp. No, that's right. It's that too, kind of stuff like it's kind of like Steve Starkeesian talking about how his guys. You know, we've been teaching. We've been working on this for a couple of months, guys. Uh, yeah. We should be able to be all all lined up and in the same defense. We're college players. These are, these are professionals. Yeah. That according They're, to what, Kurt Warner, four or five games in, four or five in a full training camp. Training camp, and, and it's like, come on, guys, come on, guys. This seems pretty <laughs> you know, basic, and you're playing one of the best defenses in pro football. You know, you're going to need to be at your best. To uh to, to yeah. move the ball. It's not so, all Dak, but yeah, it, it it's not Dak's fault, but it is his responsibility. <laughs> right, and that's the way watch, it comes down to. It's unfortunate, but and that's of course, what it is. you know, Mike McCarthy's now the offensive coordinator, and you're looking over at Kyle Shanahan and who his team orchestrates as as well as any. And they're just like a, it's amazing to watch. It's a well-oiled machine. <laughs> so, yeah, it is a machine uh, in sync. Yeah. And uh, as Ty said yesterday, Brock Purdy's really good, but at the same time, he's throwing to wide open receivers over and over again. Those well, guys are schemed open. But well, they got um, and they got all pros everywhere. I mean, think about that. They got, they, I'm going to track it. I believe they have an all pro damn near at every position. I'm not joking. They yeah, got every them. position. Room, they got man. on the offensive line. They got Trent Williams, right? A running back may be the only one they don't. Well, I get Chris McCaffrey because he's everything. Pro. Yeah, so he's an all pro. But he hadn't been a while. I'm talking about just at one Debo point in their Kittle. career. At one point in their career, yeah. and I bet Kittle was too. I, just, I have this is off the top of my head, but I bet just because at one point I, I, I bet think in was. the secondary right now they don't have a guy that no, they do. To a fungal, he made, he made oh, it last you're right. year. Deshaun Gibson had like seven picks last year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was like a thirty-three year old linebacker. Fred Ward has been an All Pro. D line Bosa. They Third had one. an corner. Huh? Chardavius Ward. Is he your, their best corner? corner? Yeah, I just, yeah, that's a good point. Secondary, I just said secondary, but you're right. Corner, they don't have but one, but secondary, so they do. That it, it, so, it protects that that that, uh, that secondary. Who's that got an all pro at every in every level of their you know what well, I mean their defense, their every window, level of right? their offense? And we talked about that going into the year. This is their window. And they quarterback keep their is quarterback not an all pro. They got to keep that quarterback healthy is yeah. what they need to do. Yeah, because uh, he's playing like an all pro. He's playing like an all pro. He is all pro. We come back. It'll be behind the burnt orange curtain. Texas football. Also, some what the facts for the end of the hour. It's a Wednesday. Getting up over the hump and starting to to smell this uh, all-Texas LCS. How much fun would that be? We'll talk about it with you here on Hook 'Em Up with Ian Ryan. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! 
Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Aaron Hogan. Rod Babers. Hook em up. 1019 AM 1260. The Horn. Oh, yeah. Ty and the Creed. Because the Rangers rocked the Orioles last night. 5 and 0 in the postseason against a couple of 100 win teams. Not just 5 and 0, but 32 to 12. They bashed those two AL East squads, and now they're into the American League Championship Series for the first time in a dozen years. And the Orioles hadn't been swept all year. They hadn't. They were. Inexperience. Mm. That's a young team that we'll see yeah. back in these playoffs many times. They so need to go add some pitching, on. but uh, sometimes, impressive. You, sometimes you got to learn what it's all about. Yeah. They were the 17th team to reach the playoffs, having not been swept in any series um, during the regular season, excluding 2020. I think that's like COVID stuff. Um, they're the second of those to be swept in a, uh, in a playoff series, joining... Uh, Bochy's 98 Padres, actually. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, look, I mean, uh, it is interesting to me. I was intrigued to hear the conversation last night and, and during the day watching all the baseball that um, now they're having the conversation of is it a disadvantage for the teams that, you know, got the week off, essentially, right? Yeah. Uh, that now there's, you know, in the NFL with the teams that get the bye week, how do they, in the playoffs, do they get rusty or do they, did they lose the, the rhythm? And they're talking about that with baseball because baseball is such a 162 game grind through the marathon of the season. And, you know, this is the new format, right? With instead of playing one game wild card games, they're playing three game wild card series, which is new. And you reward the teams with the best records, the top two seeds, by, hey, you get the week off. You don't got to worry about wild card. Uh, But, I mean, this could be. You know, not a lot of case study here, but you know the Dodgers are close to getting swept. The Braves lost the first game and were you know hitless in the first you know five innings of Game Two, and uh, the Astros are the only ones that have have responded as a team that because the Orioles just got swept by the Rangers, mm-hmm. and it's like the, the the argument or the conversation now in the game is maybe they may just you know, getting just getting out of that rhythm, uh, and you just lose a little bit. Or you're not playing games for a week, which you don't do that outside of the All Star break. You don't do that all year, yeah, uh, right. all season long. But look, I again, uh, it's I think it's is there enough evidence to to make a strong case? I don't know. Astros are disproving that, and obviously the Braves still could come back and win this Philly series. But yeah, Dodgers on the ropes. Orioles got swept. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll talk about that. But uh, props to the Rangers. They just. Uh, Got hot and smashed through two good teams, without a doubt, and made it look pretty easy. Uh, real quick, Rod, before we go behind the burnt orange curtain, let me mention uh, sending our prayers to, to the family of Mary Lou Retton. What a, what a weird story that, that came crazy out. crazy story. I didn't know that until you said it this morning on the update. I had not heard that. Oh, my gosh. And uh, if you're Mary Lou Retton, of course, and she's a lifetime Longhorn, Rod, uh, after she was an Olympic gold medalist and a, kind of America's sweetheart in the mid-'80s, 1984 Olympics, she was the story. I mean, she was on Wheaties mm-hmm. Boxes. She was oh, yeah. the uh, male, female athlete of the year. And as someone who, at that time, I was 12 years old, Rod, so I think every 12- or 13-year-old boy in America had a little crush on Mary Lou Retton. Ain't nothing wrong with that, man. And, uh, Talent. She, the smile, mm-hmm. the toughness, you know, fighting through the injury and just so clutch. And then she came to UT, and she ended up getting married to a, a quarterback at Texas, Rod. Um, a guy named really? Shannon Kelly, yeah. Hmm. A guy named Shannon Kelly, he was a quarterback, and they have four children. They're since divorced, 
But yeah, man, this this surprised everybody yesterday when her, when Sad. her daughter, one of her daughters, they've got four kids together, uh, put out the uh, the post that her mom is battling a rare form of pneumonia and is on a ventilator and not breathing on her own. And uh, to make it all worse, she doesn't have insurance apparently, according to them. That's a story unto itself. Yeah, it is. But uh, fifty five years old, so sending prayers that way. I think it's down in Houston. I had. The, the the post does not indicate that where her mother sense. is in the hospital, but just because there's a big gymnastics community in Houston. Well, she's from Houston. Yeah, and then when she married uh, Shannon mm-hmm. Kelly, they. He, by the way, he's, he's a football coach, Rod. He coaches at Houston Baptist, I believe. He's like an offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he was a quarterback at Texas in the late '80s, and uh, um, it's very sad. So prayers to Mary Lou Retton, and and hopefully that turns 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 positive. Uh, here in a short amount of time. Hey, Rock, can we go behind the BOC? It's time for some Texas football talk, even though it's the bye week. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right. um, I want to talk about the red zone, but that's a little depressing. Uh, So I want to talk about something positive first. Uh, and, and maybe we'll get to the red zone a little bit later because Texas in the bye week, I'm sure that's going to be, it should be, uh, Sark's number one priority to fix whatever the red zone issues are with Texas right now. Their touchdown percentage in the red zone, 122nd. It's garbage. Uh, they, right? Uh, it sucks. All right. Even like when we talked about the goal line, uh, stand, he said, hey, what about coach? What do you think about the play calling and the sequence? He said, well, it sucked. I'm glad he was so honest about it. Yeah. And right now, their red zone offense, it just sucks. But, and we'll get to that because I think they, that it, they're going to try to fix I think they're going to fix it. But like I said, we will talk about how, that, how they're going to do that conceptually and schematically and even with personnel decisions. But I want to talk about Jonathan Brooks. I think the most unexpected storyline for Texas, even, you know, they, they're a really good team. I think people expected Texas to be really good this year. And there are a lot of great stories. Um, but Jonathan Brooks is probably the best story and the most unexpected one. Uh, right now, Jonathan Brooks is he is second in in uh, college football, and he is first in the Power Five in rushing yards with seven hundred and twenty-two. He is is he has six rushing touchdowns, seven total. Um, he leads if you go look at least the Power Five in, in forced missed tackles with thirty-seven. Got 37 forced missed tackles, according to Pro Football Focus. And he's got uh, 460 yards after initial contact. That's also second in the Power Five. And he's second in college football in rushing yards per game, uh, first among Power Five running backs. And he's got the highest yards per carry among running backs who have at least 100 rushes with 6.72. I mean, he is... I mean, he's uh, that he has honestly to me. He's kind of shocked me. With I knew he was going to be good. I know he'd be this good um, this early in the season. I mean, he's right now one of the best college, one of the best running backs in college football, and the most productive running backs in college football. And he hadn't started every game. No, (laughs) he's just started what the last three games. Yeah, didn't start the first two. That's a that's pretty amazing productivity. So. I, I think we should give Jonathan Brooks some more credit. And, yeah, he is. if he continues on his pace, he's going to be in a Doak Walker conversation. He's going to be a finalist for it. Yeah. How could he not be? Well, even in the loss this week, <laughs> it wasn't his fault. I mean, he had 133 yards against a good team, right? a uh, really good team. And, and, yeah, the amazing part is you're right. He didn't start the year as the starter. And, you know, even against, you know, against, against Rice, he had 12 carries. And against Alabama, he had 14 carries for That's 57 crazy. yards. But we know wow. he closed out the game on the ground in the yep. fourth quarter because mm-hmm. C.J. Baxter had gotten hurt. 
And ever since that Wyoming game, Wyoming is where he broke out because C.J. Baxter was hurt. Remember, he didn't play in that mm-hmm. game. And it was a Jonathan Brooks show, and he went 21 carries for a buck 67 and three. I, you know, it's, it's all of it. It's the, the elusiveness, the, the, the tackle breaking that he does. But I think his little wiggle moves, his little shake, helps set up missed tackles because it feels like he, guys think they have a beat on him coming up out of the secondary and the second level. And he does that little shoulder fake, and all of a sudden they're off balance. And then he runs right through the tackle. Then the speed. Because yeah, he's also been a he's big part fast, of the passing game, too, Rod. Yeah, he's fascinating. He got up to 19 miles per hour on that touchdown run against Oklahoma, and that was pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so Baylor, he had the huge game. Kansas, he had a huge game. And then even in the Red River game this Saturday, he was outstanding. Um, you know, should he have gotten more carries becomes a question at some point because in that final drive when Texas was driving down, uh, it does look like a gassed Oklahoma team. And, uh, you know, maybe a few more carries for Jonathan. Help you burn the clock a little bit. Yeah, more. burn that clock. But he went for a buck 33. And uh, we also know he's big a part, big part of that spring, screen game, Rod, uh, over the course of the year. So he's good in the pass game. Yeah, they tried it. He's dropped a couple of touchdown passes, too. He's, That's, a true. That's a good point. Yeah, he could. The Remember stats, the Alabama game? Yeah, the stats could be even better. Alabama game, he dropped one. And the first game so, here against Rice, he dropped one. So you're, mess- you're right. That's amazing that he basically, this is all, all the damage that he's done has been in the last four games. Yes. Because he didn't, he was not, I'm not saying he was a non factor, but he, he wasn't part of the offensive game plan really for the entire, the comprehensive game plan. He wasn't a, a, a big part of it for the first two games. Like you said, Bama game, he closes out the game as the closer. And then after, after that in Wyoming game, he's a starter. And well, I don't even know if Sark acknowledged that he was a starter. He just was a starter out of circumstance. But he's been, you can argue, the best running back in the country in the last four games. Yeah, in the last month. You can make that argument. And it's another you know, great story for uh, you know, this day and age. I mean, he learned a lot. I mean, Sarkis talked about how Bijan and Roshan were mentors for him about learning the running back position, but also being leaders. You know, in this day and age of college football, Rod, when, when C.J. Baxter showed up as a five-star running back, the number one running back in the nation, after he played behind Bijan, who was a five-star running back, and waited his turn, uh, and then wasn't the starter... This day and age, it wouldn't be uncommon for a guy to say, "You know what? I'm out of here. I'm going to go down and uh, go somewhere else." Right? You, you know, who else needs running back? I mean, that kind of stuff. And here he is, you know, still sticking with it. And once you know, C.J. Baxter's battled some injuries, and he didn't uh, sulk about it. He just seized the opportunity. And now, as you said, he's been the best running back in the country for the last. And month. honestly, maybe that competitive chip on his shoulder. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because that he believed he'd been disrespected that he had not been named the starter, and he thought he was the best running back in that room. Maybe that's what kind of drove him. Well, he's a, uh, and I, I know he, uh, obviously his father passing away is a big inspiration for him too. Uh, and I, uh, that was unfortunate, but he uh, talks about how that is something that drives him, inspires him. And what I love about uh, Jonathan Brooks, you just said it too, him not transferring. There's something about that running back room, man. Right, running back room is starting to be built different. Now you're starting to see like a legacy start to build again, of course, because they've had that kind of legacy in that running back room before. I'm not saying they haven't, but now I think they're, they're rekindling it now where the argument can be made that Texas has the best running back room in the country and they've had it for the last three years. Like that. I think I think Michigan would have an argument. Yeah. Thinking of other teams with Blake Corum and the, yeah. what they do there, Michigan's just loaded everywhere. But <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, look, he, this is something you can build on through the, this. Is what you use your bye week for, right? To fix the red zone, fix the issues that you have. But yeah, then, we'll so, talk about the red zone. But then let's we'll say, okay, what have been strengths for us in a four-one start? And you know, that's one we can now build on. Cedric Baxter, you got a run me, game in uh, Jonathan Brooks yeah. in our run game, which makes us even more devastating. And how do you have a legit run game? And the, the red zone, honestly, right now is one of the biggest mysteries. It honestly. is. In college football, you're talking about a team with as many weapons as any team in the country. 
You got JT Sanders. You got X Men. You got AD Mitchell. You got more weapons Jay now Whip, than you've ever had. Yeah. Gunner Helm. Gunner Helm. Jay Whip. Running back. Yeah. And then you got Jay Brooks. And I was just talking about. He's one of the top five most productive running backs in the country right now. Biggest O line in the Big 12. It is just. It, I, I don't know. I, I'm not. As a football theorist, I'm not going to lie to you. I, it has me flabbergasted. And I don't use that word a lot as a black man. In the 120s in red zone offense with all that talent. How the hell? And Sark said it uh, on Monday. It's a, you know it's what he told his coaches. Guys, we move the ball too well <laughs> to be stalling on? when we get to the red zone. we got to figure it out. Yeah. So it does give you confidence as a Texas fan that they, they can find a solution to this. And oh, I agree. They, if they remedy well, that um, and, and keep, keep handling the ball to – to Jonathan Brooks and you know fix some of the other issues that they have, they're going to be fine with the schedule they have left uh, and handle their business. It and seems like it would be easier. It does with seem that like many weapons. Easier. It seems like it, it would. Seems, like that, that, it, it seems like it would be a strength of the yeah, team, yeah, not exactly. a weakness. It seems like the closer they get to the rest, they'd be like, "Oh man, now I can now I got to cover all these weapons." But it is something about the condensed space and Sark's offensive mentality because he likes vertical shots downfield and his passing. So it is something about that condensed space. Like I said, it's a spatial Darwinism. Well, I think you said it yesterday. Yeah, spatial be, Darwinism. And they were so good in the red zone last year. And, and well, how, so much still, right, how much of that yeah, was and How much of that was – and they're yeah. still running some of those plays that maybe they need to find something different yeah. when they get down there. All right, we'll come back. Uh, some what the facts, including, unfortunately, our buddy, top buddy Ty is excited about his Rangers, but uh, he missed his three-leg parlay last night because of a football game. We'll get you the what the facts segment coming next. Some fun stuff there also on a Wednesday. Up over the hump. By week Wednesday on Hook Em Up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Baber. Austin, Texas, Sports, The Horn. Time for What the Facts. Facts you need to know. Rod has thrown out a bunch already on the Rangers run. Rangers are balling. Rangers are balling. Creed, baby. That Creed. Do we know the record since they started? That would be a great stat. What's the record since the Creed thing actually started, the date it began? They don't they haven't revealed that? Let me be nope. clear though. That's Pearl Jam there. That is not Creed. I'm just, but yeah, just it kind of sounds like yeah. Creed. Because remember when Creed came on the scene, everybody said they're trying to be Pearl Jam. They're trying to they're trying to sound like Eddie Vedder. But uh, they do have similar Oh, really? Tones to their voice. Eddie Vedder, one of the great leads of all time in a rock and roll band. Uh, what is the? Um, I don't even know. I didn't know anything about the Creed Rangers rally things till Ty told me about it. And apparently, it happened on a team plane, like a team plane home from a. I wasn't aware of it till the postseason started. Okay, okay, but they honest. started during the regular season though, when they were. Yes. Yeah, they, they said it was. Yeah, they were on a team plane okay. or something, and then they started See, listening to it on the to, team bus. And we need to know the date of this oh. thing. The first time the inside joke started, whatever it was, because then we need to track the record. With the creed as the unofficial kind of anthem or whatever, unofficial. What are they? What are they kind of unofficial band now? Yes. Of the Texas Rangers. It's a rally cry. Is there a rally band? Rally cry. Yeah, it's just okay. gets them pumped up, and so now they're kind of the using creed that gets as, you pumped up. Fuel. Creed's got. I mean, does Creed get you pumped up? I've, I've had the same feelings about Creed before this happens. You could find me on a late night. Jamming some Creed. Jamming some Creed. <laughs> Jamming some Creed. One pl- some place I know they don't have any Creed is on the the great jukebox of the Deep Eddie Cabaret. No. There's no, no Creed because no they Creed. only put really great music hey, on the jukebox. Come on, come on, e. man. Talking I'm, about, I'm a snob. I'm a snob. Ain't no Creed like that, man. Because they're they're just they're they're I, okay. But you got against Creed and the Rangers. You got the text line thinks you got something against the Rangers, and now you're proving you got something against Creed I, too. Uh, Is that your Rangers hated, hatred no, creeping in? I don't in? have any hatred for the Rangers. I, I I I don't despise the Rangers. I told you that story because of Nolan Ryan. I had to 
I love Nolan and grew up with it and, and know his family. So when he went to the Rangers, I became a Ranger fan, too. Okay. And when they were in different different leagues, it was easier to kind of root for both. Now they're obviously in the same division, and they may be squaring off in a uh, in an LCS, which would be unbelievable if the Astros can get one more win. Once fact of the day, Rod, how about uh, Jordan Alvarez? Another home run, two, two more home runs yesterday. This guy is um, four home runs already this postseason. He's about 500 in this postseason for the Astros. He's got 14 career postseason home runs. This guy is the new Mr. October. Now, I was growing up, Reggie Jackson was known as Mr. October, Rod. Oh, Because yeah. he always came up clutch, clutch in the postseason. Clutch, baby. Clutch got the clutch gene. God. I mean, even Jordan Alvarez is just a monster right now at 6'5 and 2 and a quarter. Just, um, you know, the Twins don't know how to get him out. He threw a ball. He had a ball that was a, like a 92-mile-hour fastball two feet high. And he tomahawked it yesterday. He is just uh, up in a tree. When he gets going, look out because that Astros lineup is deep. Rangers are in the same boat because they're scoring a ton of runs. And uh, Corey Seager is their uh, mm. superstar right now. They got but a lot yeah. of guys balling. Yeah, I mean, that's the other part. If they get to this series, Rod, where it's Rangers Astros, we still got to get one more Houston win to make it happen. Um, boy, just the talent on the field. Uh, will be because the Rangers like an All Star game. It is <laughs> kind of, well. The Rangers had what seven All Stars, <laughs> yeah. and if they get Max Scherzer back healthy, yeah. I mean, you're not talking about All Stars. You're talking. I mean, what the Astros are doing right now, seven straight potentially, and then look at another World Series. I mean, this is this is stuff that, that puts you in the Hall of Fame when it's all said and done. And the Astros have several guys like that, including Justin Verlander and Jose Altuve. Um, you know, up and down their order, and or Alvarez is is a young player is putting himself into that conversation, big picture. Because that's and just like in football, Rod, you you make your legacy in the postseason. Yes, that's why it's unfortunate. Any guys, sport, any sport, right? Yeah. That's why it's <laughs> unfortunate guys like Mike Trout never make the postseason. Yeah, you can't just be a, oh, that's why Shohei, Shohei. Oh man, sad not to see the best players play in the postseason. It is, mm-hmm. and um, you know, the Astros have been there consistently, and they have guys that produce once they get to October as well. Uh, with Jordan being the for, first and foremost, what do you have, Rod? And facts of the day. Uh, this is a weird fact. It's about the New York Giants and how bad they've been. Um, how about this? The Giants have haven't scored. <laughs> the Giants haven't scored offensive touchdown in 145 minutes. It's almost two and a half games. Um, Daniel Jones has been pressured on 44 percent of his dropbacks on Sunday. Um, he has been pressured on 81 times so far this year. This is the third most any player has been pressured through five games since 2009. He was sacked 18 times in a two-game span, most by any team allowed in a two-game span since the 1986 Eagles. Uh, Daniel Jones is being harassed right now. And the O-line, the Giants O-line actually right now may be the worst O-line in the league. It's very possible. Out of all the really bad O-lines, it's possible the Giants are the worst one in the league. So there's some good news for Cowboys fans. you got to play them twice a year. Already wrecked them once, but they're on pace right now to allow 326 pressures. The most pressures allowed last year were 212. Oh, awful. Awful. Yeah. It's garbage. They hey, uh, where bad. are you guys? We haven't had this debate, Rods, or conversations since you and I have been doing a show together. Where are you on astronomy and solar eclipses? Um, I'm, in, these? I'm into them, yeah. I well, would love, we got one coming. Yeah. Oh, good. I yeah, a solar spectacle will cross the night sky this weekend when the annual... Annular, annular eclipse known as the Ring of Fire. Ooh, I like that. The Ring of Fire will, jam. will appear in the Western Hemisphere. Known as the Ring of Fire thanks to the shape of the circular light created by the partial eclipse. The event is expected to occur this Saturday, October 14, and travel from the coast of Oregon to the Texas Gulf Coast. 
So be advised. Get your solar glasses. They're at Coast, baby. Don't some weird things you know, you happen. Burn your retinas. Some weird things happen during eclipses. Some like weird stuff. I think it's full moons that that mm, has typically I think been. The eclipses, oh. all all those types of uh, those types of events. Weird stuff happens. Yeah. Take your safety Freaky precautions. But yeah, don't stare home. right at it. Don't do that. With, yeah, please. <laughs> don't do that. that ain't, don't shoot at I mean, it eye either. doctors out there, all the optometrists will not be happy. Yeah. Um, yeah, just get some of those funky glasses and you'll be good. But that's coming up this weekend. That's a fact. And our Ian Rodby, facts the of the fact? day. What the facts? We're back. Second hour is a fact for sure. Second of five every morning. Austin's only morning sports conversation. Five hours a day, five days a week is right here on Hook'em Up.